Why are we here? Because the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for the burning, will be fuel for the fire. Why are we here tonight? For to us a child is born. For to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the good news is that the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Merry Christmas. It is great to be here with you tonight as we lean into our mere Christmas Eve. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But let me just share with you a couple announcements very quickly. You have a tea light that's on your seat. Um, we would ask that you hold back from turning that on as best you can. I mean, if while one of us is reading or I'm preaching, you get so excited you have to turn it on, you know, sort of like the old lighter in a concert or a cell phone. If you have to do something like that, you go ahead. But hold on, if you can, to the end when we come to Silent Night. And um, at the beginning of that song, we'll all turn our lights on together. So we invite you to do that. But that's your tea light to take home with you. Maybe you can write one of the scriptures you hear tonight on it. And maybe for the next week, you can put that somewhere just to remind you of what you heard here this evening. This very Christmas night, we have come to worship him. We have come to adore him. And so let us do that this moment. Amen. Won't you stand with me this evening as we sing, O come, all ye faithful. O come, all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing, 
choirs of angels sing in exaltation. Sing, all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Let's sing that chorus a cappella. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's sing the first Noel. The first Noel the angels did say was to certain poor shepherds in the fields where they lay, in fields where they lay, keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night. That was so deep. No.
Start over. People expected the grand entrance of a king, but Jesus came quietly to a stable. They expected him to appear to the wealthy and prominent, but he visited the poor and obscure. They looked for fanfare, but that could only be seen in the spirit realm by the humble. He came as what the world needed, but many rejected him because he wasn't what they wanted. He became a sanctuary to those who worshipped him and a snare to those who would not. He was a mirror to reflect the inner workings of the heart, both good and evil. He became hope to those who were hopeless in their pain, sickness, sorrow, and grief. He visited people who had no way out, and enable them to transcend their circumstances. He stood beside the defenseless to be their champion. He came to people who needed his power to intervene in their lives and change them forever. Real people like you and me. God loved us enough to come to earth as a human, to be with us, to prove that he always keeps his promises, to give us eternal life, to have an intimate relationship with us forever, to show us that no matter how dark our world becomes, 
his light can never be put out. That's why it's not enough to celebrate his birth only with Christmas lights and decorated trees. We must also celebrate it with his love. For his love lives on forever in those who love him enough to share it with others. In that way, the story never ends. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heard on high. Let's sing it tonight. Angels, we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strain.
Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, then the work of Christmas begins to find the lost to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers, to make music in the heart. Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured these things in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Sing it tonight. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven 
and nature see, and heaven and nature see, and heaven and heaven and nature see. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that into the deep, engulfing darkness of this world, you have come as a light that can never grow dim. All the world has to offer does not hold a candle to the light of your presence. You are a radiant fire that illuminates the shadows of our souls and warms the coldness of our hearts. Just like the wise men who followed your light to find you, we too have followed your light and found you. Now because we believe in you, your light dwells within us forever. We have found the way of truth and our darkness will never be the same. Thank you, Lord, that you can be found by those who seek you. Thank you that those who follow you will never walk in darkness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This night, we pray, our lives will show. This dream he had, each child still knows. On this night, on this night, on this very Christmas night. Those are the lyrics of the Christmas canon by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I love that song. And what we've done on this very Christmas night, as we've heard read so beautifully, the mere story of Christmas. We have made this a mere Christmas Eve. Scriptures and carols and prayer. Yes, as the song says, another Trans-Siberian Orchestra song says, got to get back to the reason. Got to get back to a reason I once knew. And this late in the seasons, one by one distractions fade from view. The only reason I have left is you.
So back to the reason we go. Will you allow tonight the distractions to fade from view? Whatever it is that's distracting you today, whatever has caught your mind that's drawn you away from a silent night, a holy night, wherever your mind has gone where it's dark. And the light of Christ seems like it doesn't want to penetrate. Can you tonight with me, can we together, allow the distractions to fade from view on this very Christmas night? How many times have you heard it now? How many times have you heard what we heard read in the Holy Scriptures tonight in the Gospel of Luke, this Christmas story? How many times have you heard it? How many times have I heard it? Let me issue you a warning. Be careful. Be on guard. Guard against one thing, and that is making the story something it is not. Maybe it's because of its familiarity. Maybe it's because we've become immune to the wonder. Let me ask you, let me ask me, let us ask us, have we allowed ourselves to be inoculated against the beautiful mystery of the words, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in claws and placed them in a manger because there was no guest room available for them? Have we become immune to the beautiful mystery of those words? The birth of a child is such an everyday pedestrian occurrence, really, when you think about it. In the seconds we've been here, every second, 4.5 babies are born into the world. I'm not so sure how they do that. (laughs) But it adds up to 385,000 babies are born a day. But when that baby is your baby, then suddenly it is not so ordinary. It's not so pedestrian. When that little granddaughter of ours who's running around here tonight was born a year and nine days ago, well, today's the 23rd, so a year and six days ago, seven days ago, it was anything but pedestrian. She's agreeing with me right now. It could be that because of what we have tried to make this birth of Jesus, well, we tried to make it be that we've made it so pedestrian, so ordinary. Is it because we bore so easily? We are so afraid of boredom. I am. We view it as a curse. In some ways, thanks to the pace and volume of entertainment, of internet access, of social media flurry, we find our attention spans decreasing with every megabyte of fast and furious information and interactions. It seems we have to fight the evolution of the attention span towards that of a gnat in our world. But what are we missing? What are we missing? Don McCullough writes these words, Worshippers gather as though they're attending a football game or a movie, arriving breathless from the parking lot or home or the restaurant, laughing with ushers and waving at friends as though it were entirely natural for humans to meet with the living God. No big deal to encounter the Lord of the universe. And he goes on and he says, The whole affair has all, the, all of the mystery of a city zoning commission meeting. So let us be careful on this night, on this night, on this very Christmas night, 
us humans meet with the living God who came to be with us. I wonder, maybe sometimes we require the spectacular or the extravagant. Maybe we want the grand performance and the emotionally stimulating, or maybe we want the edgy and cool Christmas that stirs us up. Maybe we want to make Christmas palatable for us so we don't have to face the truth that God, God himself, took on the sin of the world. He took on your sin and my sin so we don't have to face the sins of our hearts. Could it be that God came that we ourselves might walk into the harshness of the world and life and even there we find a penetrating and sustaining joy that makes happiness look like a cheap substitute? A joy unspeakable and full of glory? Have we settled for happiness when God wants to give us joy that even penetrates the darkest moments of our lives? Thomas Merton once said, if you find God with ease and comfort, then perhaps what you found is not God. On this holiness of nights, this holiest of nights, God showed up somewhere around 3 B.C. on the world stage that was marked by terrors and fears and narcissistic power brokers willing to do whatever it takes to maintain power. Those days were pocked with poverty and oppression. That little town of Bethlehem was starving with longing for something to change. Something's got to change. And you know what we see? This could be the 21st century as much as it was the 1st century. But then and now, Jennifer McNutt's words are spot on. At the heart of that first Christmas story is God incarnate breaking into the terror-filled catastrophe of the human condition. Breaking in. And here is the historic fact. Let me say that again. Make sure you catch that. Here is the historic fact of this light. Divine love could not sit on the sidelines. Thanks be to God. Amen? The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And we reminded that nothing, 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 not one thing can diminish the life-giving, darkness-exploding, shame-ending, sin-breaking light and love of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ, first and foremost, is for us. The gospel writer John, the youngest of the disciples, wrote, what came into being through the word, Jesus, was life. And the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. But sometimes, sometimes, we add so much, sometimes we think we know so much, Sometimes it all seems so much too familiar. And sometimes we are comfortable so much that we whisk by this night without even the faint of a hushed sacred whisper over our souls. 
God is with us. God is with us. So when we come to the words of a mere Christmas, it is tempting for our souls to yawn. Let's get on with the party. Knowing we've heard it a thousand times, but this is what it sounds like. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. On this night, on this very Christmas night, love pours forth and renders us awestruck if we will allow it to. This is the verdict, John writes. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. But for the lovers of this light, these are the words that ignite in us a deep sense of joy and hope for us and the world around us to flourish as God desires us to. That is God's greatest desire for us, for us to flourish as human beings. These are the words that remind us that God's heart is as big as our world. The world on its most global scale, God's heart is big enough for that. And the world of each and every one of our hopes and fears of all the years. This is the night we break open the songbook of mysterious grace and glory and we let the wonder of it all bathe our souls in God's love. Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure light. This is the night to let the love of God leave us somewhere, somehow, some point in time, speechless. This is the mere Christmas Eve, the might of the mere Christmas Eve, where we strip it all down. We strip it all down. when all we have is him. A long time ago, a British Bible translator by the name of J.B. Phillips said this, We must never allow anything to blind us to the true significance of what happened at Bethlehem so long ago. Nothing can alter the fact that we live on a visited planet. We shall be celebrating no beautiful myth, no lovely piece of traditional folklore, but a solemn fact. God has been here once historically, but as millions testify, he will come again into any human heart ready to receive him. For God so loved the world. That, my friends, is merely Christmas. Pure and simple and beautiful and mysterious and available, all wrapped up together, available for you and me, for us, for the world. This Christmas Eve, let us let God's love for the world wash over us that we might be saved right now 
and for all the world to see it so in us right now. For if there was ever a time where the world needed to see God's love in people like us, this is that time. I'm going to ask our worship team if they'll come to the platform. And as they do, I'd like you to drink in this final prayer, in the final words, in the book, Come Peasant King, by Olivia Metcalf. Hear this prayer, pray this prayer, drink this prayer in. I give my life to you, Lord. I must decrease so Christ can increase. What should we do? I am the Lord's servant. May it be for me just as you said. Here I am, kneeling at the manger, longing for Christ's return. Here I am, God, like a child, waving her wings in a nativity scene, trying to be for the world a light in the darkness. Here I am, God. It doesn't feel like I have much, but you will bless it and use it. Here I am, God. I give my life to you. Birth hope in and through me. Make peace in and through me. Bring joy in and through me. Pour out your love in and through me. And so come, peasant. Come, king. And come, all of us, in between. To honor the one who does not condemn, but who is love. Receive the greatest gift of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes, receive him on this night, on this very, very, very Christmas night. Christ candle, we're reminded that the light came and the darkness cannot, will not, is incapable of putting that light out. Thanks be to God. Let's sing together. And I invite you as we sing Silent Night, I invite you to turn on your candles and let's sing together. Sleep in a heavenly 
I'd like you to stand with me. And Bob, I ask you to go ahead and shut that light out if you can. The one that we have left. He's coming in back, get that shut off. And I just invite you to raise your light. Jesus is the light of the world. Say that with me. Jesus is the light of the world. 
He is the light. And in him there is no darkness, my friends. And even when it seems the darkest out, don't you ever forget, Emmanuel, God is with us. I pray that as you go from this place, that the mere beauty, simplicity, and power of the truth of Christmas, that Jesus Christ is the light, that Emmanuel, God, is with us, that he has come for us, I pray that as you go, you go with him. I pray his peace and his grace and his mercy and his love and his comfort and his strength would go with you. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Now, in a moment, our ushers are going to dismiss you. But I invite you to take that light with you now. What is it that rung true in your heart tonight? Write it on there with a marker. Take it. The next week, let it soak in. And remember that God is with you. My friends, Merry Christmas. Oh, we got to do better than that. I know it's the 23rd, but come on. Let's give it a whirl. Merry Christmas. All right. All right. Give our ushers a chance to dismiss you and our staff a chance to get outside so we can greet you. And God bless you. Merry Christmas.